Just a couple of quick matters. First of all, next Lord's Day, Lord willing, Adam will be preaching both times. And I know that you'll appreciate that and his more than capable uh, ability. God bless you and God bless us as we anticipate next week. Also, I appreciate so much Terry's comment regarding the work in Fiji and the need there after a cyclone really just uh, ravaged one of the islands where there are at least four congregations of God's people meeting. And the elders have not made a big to-do or a huge announcement or said we'll try to do this over the next month or anything like that. Terry just kindly said, if you can help out a little bit with some needs for these brethren today, I'm sure if you could get it to them tomorrow, that would be fine too. But just over the next couple of days, what we can do to encourage and help those brethren during a difficult time will bless them and even more honor our Lord and may result in the salvation of more souls. So please consider this if you can. I realize the last year has been difficult on a lot of people financially. I appreciate our song leaders. Thomas uh, couldn't have picked better songs than he picked this morning. I always love it when Aaron leads singing because I know there's always going to be what Jim Powell would call a toe-tapper somewhere in it. We have others that do such a great job. Adam, of course, Waylon, uh, Ryder, among so many others. We're grateful for all of the people that so kindly and willingly give of themselves in service to God. May God bless us in 2021. Faith. Maybe you've heard this description of faith. Faith sees the invisible. Faith believes the incredible. And faith receives the impossible. When you look at matters biblically, that's true. It really is. We walk by faith and not by sight, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen, Hebrews 11 verse 1 and verse 3. Without faith, it is impossible to be well-pleasing to God. He that would come to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. There's a great, a great beatitude in John 20 and verse 29 where the Lord Himself says, Blessed are those who have not seen but believe. There is a legitimacy in saying that faith sees the invisible. That faith believes the incredible. And that faith receives the impossible. Faith sees spiritually. Because, friends, there's more than one kind of sight. You know, nowadays we still really emphasize our five senses 
And one of the difficulties of growing older is sometimes your five senses aren't as good as, and as healthy as they once were. Even our expressions show how much the idea of physical senses mean. What you see is what you get. There is none so blind as he who will not see. Has there ever been a parent who didn't ask, can't you hear what I'm saying to you? And there's never been a spouse who didn't ask her husband, did you really hear what I was saying to you? Yes, it's wonderful to have our physical senses and there is a legitimacy to them and a wonder to them that I would not take away from, not at all. But there is another area that is just as important as far as our senses are concerned. And I speak of spiritual sight. A person may be hearing impaired and sight vision impaired spiritually, but there is nothing at all wrong with their physical ability to see or hear. And Jesus spoke of such people in Matthew 13, verses 15 and following, when he talked about those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. But they've closed their eyes and they've become blind. And they've stopped their ears and they've refused to hear. Lest seeing they should see and hearing they should hear. And that they would believe. We need to be able to rise above sea level. S-E-E. And we need to be able to rise above sea level, especially when we are in difficult times in our lives. And thank God, because of Jesus, we can see the invisible. We can believe the incredible. And we can receive the impossible because... That doesn't mean that we are believing, that we are seeing, that we are receiving the non-existent. It just means that we see and believe and receive on a spiritually higher and greater level or plane. Some people think the whole idea of faith is really just a product of the imagination. They think that the idea of faith seeing the invisible and believing the incredible and embracing the impossible is a fairy tale. 
But the longer that I live, the more convinced I am that those who just see with their eyes and believe in the things that they can see and take in with their senses and receive only the things of this world, they're the ones that have a problem with their imagination. And they're the ones that have a real difficulty with spiritual insight. How we should care for such people and how we should humbly pray that their eyes and ears be open to the truth of God. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians 4 and 5. Because in this section of Scripture, what Paul through the Holy Spirit does is help us to see life above sea level, S-E-E, again. He helps us to see life through the eyes of faith. Notice 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1, and 2 Corinthians 4, and verse 16. The things that he is writing about Here at the beginning of this chapter and toward the close and the immediate context, Adam, this is especially important, are all about not losing heart. You ever get so discouraged sometime? You just, I give up. I'm done, I'm finished, I'm cooked. I surrender, put up the white flag. I've had all that I can take and I just can't take any more. Listen to the words. We do not lose heart. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't put up the white flag. Don't surrender in the heat of the battle. And what Paul does in this section from 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through chapter 5 and verse 10 is deal with five motivations. Five motivations for living life above sea level. Even when you're in the valley... You can still live life above sea level. Just the things that we see with our eyes. Now what I want you to see, no pun intended, is how very often this section of Scripture stresses the matter of sight, of seeing. And I hope you've got your Bible with you, uh, digital or paper copy. Look at 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 2. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 2. And notice the last part of verse 2. It is by the open statement of truth that we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Mark it. Sight. Look at verse 3. Even if our gospel is veiled, so we don't see it. It is veiled, there it is again, to those that are perishing. 
So twice, the word veiled. Now notice verse 4. In this case, the, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing. There's another sight-oriented term. Now look at verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give us the light. You know, you need light to see. Continue with me. Look at verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 4. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, as I generally do when preaching. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested. Another sight-oriented term. To, to make light. To shine the light on. Steve? And go down again to verse 11. We who live are always being given over to the death for Christ's sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Go down to verse 18 of this chapter. Danny read it for us in our scripture reading. Twice you will see the word seen in most translations Twice the word unseen. Verse 18, as we look, there is another vision term. Not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Paul is stating that, that there is an invisible world that is every bit as real and even more so than the world in which we live. That things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are temporary or transient. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Now I'll go down to verse 7 of chapter 5. We walk by what? Sight? We walk by sight? We walk by faith, Brother Mike. That's what the Word of God says. Not by sight. So there is a place for the physical senses. But we also have to remember that there's an invisible, unseen realm that is every bit as real and more so than this seen realm, this earthly realm. And we need to have ears and eyes and senses that can take in these spiritual truths. Now, five motivations. When I preach on Sunday nights and days to come, Lord willing, I'm going to look at each of these paragraphs or sections more fully. But I want to give you the big picture. 
on why we can take heart and not lose hope and why we can live our lives above sea level when others are down in the depths of despair. Motivation number one. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. Paul writes, We have a glorious ministry. That was certainly true of him as an apostle. But we all can say as Christians, we are workers together with God. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 1. We have a glorious ministry because as God's people, we get to tell others about the good news of salvation in Christ. We get to see people's lives transformed. We get to see people grow in God's grace and knowledge. We get to see young people grow up to put on Jesus and marry a person that's a faithful Christian and get their people, their families, home to God. We get to see people work through the difficulties of life, but because they love Jesus and they love His will and want to live by it, they are involved in a glorious ministry. I thank God for people that preach better lessons by their lives than those of us who preach ever preach. We have a glorious ministry because we are servants of the true and living God and we see lives transformed. Next. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 through 12. Here's a second motivation. Don't lose heart. Live your life above sea level. Just the ability to look at things with your human senses or perceptions. Here's why. We have incomparable treasure in these jars of clay. We have incomparable treasure in these jars of clay. What do you mean by that? Well, what Paul meant is that we have souls and we have a great message of Jesus that we're proclaiming the truth of God. Through the years, I've known a lot of people that were just humble vessels that were willing to be used by Jesus. And I've known some people that were crackpots. That's really all they were. We should be motivated because we have a glorious ministry given to us as God's people. We should be motivated because we have incomparable treasure within us, though we are but jars of clay. Now look, if you will, at a third section. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and notice verses 13 through 15. Here's the third motivation and I just want to lay all these out tonight and then, Lord willing, in the future, we'll look at all of them more thoroughly. Verses 13 through 15 of 2 Corinthians 4. Motivation for living our lives above sea level, merely the things that we see. Sings believing after all. We have confidence in a great God. 
That's what 2 Corinthians 4, 13 and following is really about. We have confidence in a great God. We are confident. We are sure. We are absolutely certain, verse 14, that He will raise us because He raised Jesus. We are confident, we are sure, we are absolutely certain. Notice the next verse, verse 15. That the Lord will be glorified and that praise and thanksgiving will rebound, will resurge, will be just beautifully and loudly proclaimed by people who've received the grace of God. And then think about verse 13. Confidence that we need to speak in a way that honors God and His will. I believe, therefore I have spoken. Next. Look at verses 14 through 16. Here's a fourth motivation. I love this one. And it's what initially prompted me to preach on this great subject. But I wanted to give you a big picture And we'll look at the slices of the pie on Sunday evenings to come, as our Lord wills. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. We have the assurance of being renewed daily. And we eagerly anticipate eternity. What'd you say, Brother Mike? We have the assurance of being renewed daily, inwardly, even though the outer man decays. And we eagerly anticipate eternity. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10. Don't lose heart. Don't give up on things just yet. Because what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10 is the culmination of it all. He says, we have an eternal home with God. Wayland, don't lose heart. Don't start just looking at things with your senses and how they look and how they seem and how they feel. Rise above sea level. And here's a great motivation. We have a home in glory with God that awaits. Now, wasn't that worth coming to services tonight? I'm glad that we have a God like that. I don't know about you, but I'm prone too often to look at life by what I see and by what I hear is going on and by what I touch and by what I taste. What a smell. And a lot of times it stinks. 
I want to be able to see better spiritually, don't you? And I hope that God will give me the grace to do just that. And I pray that for you as well. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. Perhaps one needs to come to Jesus. You have all kinds of motivation based on this study tonight to come to Jesus in faith, repentance, and baptism. What we have in Jesus outweighs anything and everything we'll deal with here on this earth. Better by far. And for those of you who are Christians, think about that. And one of the best things we can do for our neighbors and our friends and our co-workers and our classmates is to consistently live life above sea level. It may make a difference in somebody's eternity. Let us stand and sing.